Tonight, power struggles and death threats. Dramatic new testimony from the people behind the wheel of the convoy protest. The anti-mandate movement that got out of control. It literally exploded overnight. And the messages that turned menacing. The last thing I ever wanted was a letter like that. Canada's massive immigration push. Look, folks, uh, it's simple to me. Canada needs more people. And the struggling refugees who say they've been pushed aside. I deserve a chance to live, but there's nothing. Plus, a historic sweep for Taylor Swift. If there's someone that can do it, it's her. A 10 out of 10 triumph for a music superstar. CTV National News with Omar Sachedina. Good evening, everyone. For the first time today, a public inquiry into the convoy that paralyzed the Capitol heard directly from the organizers who detailed the anatomy of a protest movement that began on social media, derailed into a dramatic power struggle between various factions, and ultimately unraveled into a demonstration no one person could control. CTV's Judy Trin starts us off tonight with the disturbing new details. The idea for the Freedom Convoy began over TikTok. Do you want to know what it feels like to be attacked, threatened, just cross the Canadian border. Bridget Belton's post attracted the attention of fellow trucker Chris Barber. And the two of them, along with Tamara Leach, began planning for a slow roll of trucks across Canada to protest vaccine mandates. Once uh, Chris and I started taking to the airways, um, it literally exploded overnight. The idea to protest came together in just two weeks fueled in part by Barber's social media. Mandates need to be removed, and we're not leaving until they are. The movement attracted thousands, including extremist elements like Canada Unity, who wanted to overthrow the government, and Pat King, who promoted white supremacist views and made this threatening remark. Trudeau, someone's going to make you catch a bullet one day. Barber testified he did not want to remove King from the leadership group because he didn't want to lose the supporters who backed him. I believe Pat had all the right cons or all the right reasons and, and a good heart. It was a power struggle back and forth over control. Barber also admitted organizers didn't have control over anti-government protesters from Quebec entrenched at the intersection of Rideau and Sussex. He also didn't know there was an email sent to Deputy Prime Minister Christian Freeland threatening to shoot her in the head the same day a protester was arrested with knives, a machete and a sword. Would you agree with me that when, when you start a fire and fan the flames, it can get out of control and you had no control over those other factions who had come to this protest? Barber said he only wanted to promote peaceful protests here in Ottawa, yet he also called himself an internet troll. Omar, tomorrow we're going to learn more about the power struggle within the Freedom Convoy. That's because Pat King is scheduled to testify. All right, Judy Trin, thank you for this tonight. Ontario's premier is refusing to testify at that inquiry, and today Doug Ford's lawyers argued in federal court that compelling him to do so would cause, quote, irreparable harm to the rule of law. The judge will make a decision next week, just two days before Ford is supposed to testify. 
But today, it was Ford's attempt to impose a contract on thousands of education workers by invoking a provision in the charter, the notwithstanding clause, that drew criticism from the prime minister, who called it wrong. The suspension of people's rights is something that you should only do in the most exceptional circumstances. The debate to impose a contract and prevent workers from striking began early this morning. And late word tonight, the union says it has given a counter-proposal to the mediator. And as Ontario and education workers face off, businesses across the country are fighting another battle, filling jobs. A million of them are up for grabs. And with no takers, Ottawa today revealed an ambitious new target to welcome newcomers to help fill the void. The plan, 500,000 per year by 2025. Last year, Canada brought in 405,000. But for some of those who are already here trying to make new lives, the desperation doesn't end when they flee their home countries. Here's CTV's Adrian Gobriel on the barriers. For thousands around the world, a chance to come to Canada is a dream, and the door is about to open even wider. It's simple to me. Canada needs more people. The Canadian government plans to welcome a historic number of newcomers, with 465,000 planned for 2023, all the way to half a million in 2025. It's an aggressive plan to fill the labour gap in multiple industries. While some immigrants will come with the means to purchase a home, for far too many refugees already here, their housing reality has grown desperate. I deserve a chance to live, but there's nothing. Palestinian refugee Aziza Abu Sardana has lived a young life filled with trauma. She claims her own father and grandfather in Gaza have threatened to find her and kill her. Forced to drop out of university, the 22-year-old arrived in Toronto alone in March. For seven months, she's been stuck living in this refugee hotel. A settlement agency and the government have failed to help her find a place to live where she feels safe. No one hear me. During a meeting last week with a federal refugee employee, Abu Sardana pulled out a knife and stabbed herself in the abdomen in a desperate plea to get the government's attention. I put the knife inside my body because nobody cares. Seriously, nobody care. Refugee advocate Mona El Shayel also attended the meeting. She fell to the ground. Are refugees thinking that they have to harm themselves to actually get the attention of the government? This is what I'm worried about. It's taking quite a long time for people to find housing. They don't really don't have any hope. Canada has resettled more Praising his government's refugee efforts, Minister Sean Fraser had no answers today to solve the immediate housing needs facing refugees already on Canadian soil. We need to make sure that we speak to the settlement agencies to understand what they're doing to make sure that the money that we're providing to them is uh, accomplishing the outcome. A federal pilot will soon be launched to resettle newcomers in rural areas with more affordable housing. That's little comfort to a 22-year-old who feels abandoned by the government who brought her to Canada. I want to complete my education and I want to work, have a nice job and have the chance even to live. There are major questions tonight about whether or not the government's new targets are even achievable, especially at a time when the immigration application backlog, Omar, sits at one and a half million. All right, Adrian, thank you. Authorities in South Korea issued a public apology today for the Halloween party crowd surge that killed at least 156 people. And as public outrage over the catastrophe grew, officials pledged to act fast on an inquiry to prevent future tragedies. Here's CTV's Danielle Hamamjian. Bloodstained sneakers, handbags and remnants of Halloween costumes. A wrenching reminder that these items belong to victims who were mostly in their 20s and 30s. And the majority were women. 
some of the 1.5 tons of personal objects left behind now wait to be collected by family and friends. Where was the crowd control in central Seoul Saturday night before so many partygoers fell over and underneath each other in a narrow alley and were crushed to death? South Korea's police chief said he felt heavy responsibility and admitted what is agonizingly obvious. That the police response to the emergency calls was inadequate, he said. There were many urgent calls to police notifying them of the potential danger, but officers failed to handle them effectively. Then there was the mayor of Seoul who wept as he talked about a parent whose 20-year-old daughter survived the crush, only to find out she died earlier this morning. He later offered an apology. As the public scrutiny intensifies, along with the anger directed at officials. We could have prevented this, said this woman. During a cabinet meeting today, the South Korean president acknowledged his country lacks research on crowd management. He called for the use of drones, for example, to develop a more effective crowd control capability. Omar. All right, Danielle, thank you. Brazil's outgoing far-right president Jair Bolsonaro broke his silence but stopped short of acknowledging defeat to his arch-rival leftist Lula da Silva in Sunday's election. He intends to cooperate with the transfer of power. Brazil's Supreme Court demanded police remove more than 200 roadblocks put up by Bolsonaro supporters. Da Silva's narrow victory caps off a comeback after being jailed on corruption charges. A lingering corruption trial is barely factoring into Benjamin Netanyahu's bid to reclaim power. Exit polls in Israel indicate he holds a slight edge. Netanyahu's right-wing bloc is poised to capture at least 61 seats in the 120-seat Knesset. Israelis are voting for the fifth time in four years, hoping to break a political gridlock that has paralyzed the country. Final election results are expected later in the week. As Americans prepare to head to the polls for midterm elections a week from today, the battle over abortion rights is heating up. A handful of states have put the issue on the ballot after this summer's Supreme Court ruling overturned a 50-year-old right to legal abortion. CTV's Washington Bureau Chief Joy Malbin is on the road in Detroit tonight. All the houses in this row are on our list here. These are the foot soldiers in a battle many Americans thought ended long ago. The fight for a woman's right to an abortion. Knocking on door after door, it's not an easy discussion. All right, thank you. I saw a couple of people, though, um, get out of here, shut the door. I mean, that could happen in any campaign. A campaign to win over voters to say yes on what's known as Proposition 3 that would guarantee abortion rights in Michigan's Constitution. I have Auntie, Auntie Darcy, I'm Mentor Darcy, and it's supposed to be better for them than it is for me. So um, I, I couldn't think of not doing this for them. It's really tragic that in 2022 we have to talk about these things. By no means is everyone on side. Life does not start the moment we take a breath, but that God forms us in, in the mother's womb. I always appreciate hearing you know, people's different views on the issues. From doorsteps, 
Proposal 3 will restore the rights we have to competing TV ads. I heard this takes away parental consent for abortion. Opponents pray that abortion be forever outlawed. It's horrible for poor women. They're the ones that are going to suffer. I had a little girl on Saturday from Louisiana. She was 19. She didn't know what to do. Sam, who wants to protect her identity, runs an abortion clinic that's long been a target of threats. But what terrifies her more is what will happen to those women if abortion is criminalized. They go to the emergency room and they say, sorry, we can't treat you. We can't take that risk. She could die. And for some, that's what's driving them to the polls. It's most important that we as females have control over our own bodies. For now, abortion is legal in Michigan. Whether it stays that way will be determined by the voters here on November 8th. Omar? All right, Joy, thank you. Back here at home, police are urging parents to double-check their kids' Halloween bags for a dangerous treat. Two separate investigations are underway in Manitoba and B.C. after packages containing cannabis-infused candy were handed out to children. Here's CTV's Jill Mackishon. Packaged with regular Halloween treats, nerds, not the sugary candy, but what is believed to be a potent THC edible, 60 times the legal limit for adults. Luckily, Jocelyn Codero found it before her daughter ate it. Because Halloween is like, you know, you come home, you eat a bunch of your candy, and then you go to bed, right? So I can't even imagine what that would have meant. I can't even imagine how different today would be. She warned other parents on social media. Today, at least six reports have been made to police, all from one Winnipeg neighborhood. At this stage, we do not know where these packages are from. Is it a black market item? But it does not meet the requirements of, say, coming from a store. No children are known to have consumed the edibles found in Winnipeg. But in Richmond, B.C., RCMP are issuing a warning after an 11-year-old girl ate a similar product. She was physically sick to her stomach. The parents knew something wasn't right, and they did the right thing. They took their daughter to hospital to have her checked and they reported it to us. A Virginia mother was charged with murder last May after her four-year-old ingested THC edible gummies at home and died. In Richmond and here in Winnipeg, police have no suspects and no motive. They're asking parents to carefully go through their kids' treats and report anything suspicious. Omar. Important advice. All right, Jill, thank you. Coming up, the era of Elon. From new fees to mass firings, What's on the table for the new owner of Twitter? Plus, Canadian NBA coach Steve Nash bounced from the Brooklyn Nets. Elon Musk floating the idea of selling blue verified check marks to Twitter users has many seeing red. Within days of taking over, some critics are wary Musk is amplifying misinformation, leaving the platform more vulnerable to manipulation. Here's CTV's Tom Walters on the anger. If Elon Musk wanted changes at Twitter to sink in, the actual plumbing fixture he brought to the office could also be a metaphor for going down the drain. I think the key question will be how much worse is a lot of the harassment and the, all the abuse that happens on the platform going to go? With Twitter already riddled with disinformation, it was certainly no improvement when Musk himself posted, then removed, a wildly unfounded conspiracy theory about the attack on Nancy Pelosi's husband. 
And after condemning fake accounts, Musk suggested charging $20 a month to verify that a user is real. Verification indicated now by that little blue check mark. Author Stephen King tweeted, $20 a month to keep my blue check? F that. They should pay me. You've just got to kind of sit here and eat the popcorn while it's going on. In the latest plot twist, Musk is lowering the proposed fee and trying to make it all sound like some kind of populism. Tweeting, the lords and peasants system is BS, power to the people. Blue for $8 a month. Former tennis star Martina Navratilova says, I didn't ask for the blue check mark, so feel free to take it away. My peeps know it's me. Problem is, how would they know an imposter isn't her if verifications are for sale? In a stream of posts today, users reminded Musk that the whole point is distinguishing real accounts from fake scammers, and charging for check marks has many ticked off. Tom Walters, CTV News, Los Angeles. The hip-hop community is mourning the loss of a musical icon tonight after American rapper Takeoff was shot and killed early this morning. A member of the Grammy-nominated group Migos, he was gunned down outside a Houston bowling alley before dying in hospital. Alongside bandmates Quavo and Offset, the platinum-selling artist pioneered a distinct choppy style of rap that became known as the Migos flow. Takeoff was just 28 years old. And Canadian basketball legend Steve Nash is out as head coach of the NBA's Brooklyn Nets. And I think he got a second, second technical. The Hall of Famer and team parted ways today after the Nets season got off to a slow start. Over the summer, star player Kevin Durant called for Nash and the general manager to be fired. Nash led the Nets to the playoffs the last two years. Still ahead, shouldering a nation's grief. We need to hold our heads up high and stand tall. With a cross only some mothers bear. Each year, a Canadian woman makes public her grief when she's chosen to be the Silver Cross mother and represent families who lost a child serving Canada's armed forces. Each recipient of the honour accepts it with pride and pain. Here's CTV's Alberta Bureau Chief Bill Fortier with a mother who wants the country to remember her son's legacy. Walking through the doorway that bears her son's name is never easy for Candy Greff. You beam with pride, but that sadness is there. It's underneath. The Legion Hall in Lacombe, Alberta, and its plaques are just some of the tributes to Master Corporal Byron Greff across his hometown. A bench outside his former high school, an armored vehicle at the cemetery where he's buried. Greff was killed in Kabul 11 years and three days ago. The NATO bus he was on destroyed by a suicide bomber. It happened after Canada's role shifted from combat to training. He was the last Canadian soldier killed in the conflict and left behind a wife and two kids. A wonderful fella, wonderful son, husband to Lindsay, father to Keller and Brielle. His sacrifice, her loss, are now being honoured at the national level. Candy Greff is the 2022 Silver Cross mother. Among her duties for the next year, she'll represent all military families who have lost loved ones at the National Remembrance Day ceremony in Ottawa. We are bonded because of these horrible things that have happened to our families. She says her son served for the right reason. He wanted to help. And I believe they did that when they went to Afghanistan. 
in my heart. I believe that. Her family was forced to learn the real cost of war. Still, Candy Greff doesn't hold on to regrets, except one, her son's second and final deployment. There isn't a lot I would change. Other than I wished he hadn't gone the second. But it seems courage runs in this family. We need to hold our heads up high and stand tall to honor Byron. I feel I do. So this mom will set her personal pain aside and take on her new role with pride. Bill Fortier, CTV News, Lacombe, Alberta. And a reminder, we will bring you live coverage of Remembrance Day from the National War Memorial in Ottawa on Friday, November 11th, starting at 10 a.m. Eastern on CTV Main Network, CTV News Channel, and ctvnews.ca. After the break. Taylor's perfect record in the top ten. There's a new queen of the Billboard Top 10 tonight with Taylor Swift recording a perfect score on the magazine's vaunted singles chart. She's now the only artist in history to claim all 10 spots at the same time, a feat not even the Beatles could beat. But as CTV's John Vanavelli Rao reports, it's just the latest achievement in a soaring career. The night her latest record dropped, this was the scene in Toronto at a Taylor Swift dance party. Thousands of Swifties celebrating all things Taylor. Fans now thrilled she's made history. Honestly, love it for her. If there's someone that can do it, it's her. Swift smashing guitars and records. Her new effort, Midnight, streaming more on Spotify than any album ever has in a single day. And now occupying all top 10 slots of the Billboard Hot 100 for the first time in the chart's 64-year history. Eating Drake, who last year claimed 9 of 10. Her record right now of the entire top 10 is absolutely one of the greatest achievements in music. Because of how music is now released, including streaming, it is hard to compare the accomplishment with the success of bands decades ago. But Billy Joel has called Swift the Beatles of her generation. Swift saying this about her new album. It's 13 stories of 13 sleepless nights throughout my life. I hope you enjoy it. The 32-year-old's latest record is so successful... She's now tied Barbara Streisand for the most number one albums ever by a female artist at 11 each. And of sweeping the charts, Swift tweeted, I am in shambles. As for those Taylor Swift dance parties, the Canadian group behind them says since last November they put on more than 30 across eight provinces, using them in part to raise money for charities. We've raised, I think we're almost up to $75,000 for Planned Parenthood, which Taylor's a supporter of. Um, for Canadian Cancer Society. And as for Swift, she now has more number one songs than any other female artist ever. John Benavelli Rouse, CTV News, Toronto. It's a great achievement. And that's a snapshot of this Tuesday for all of us at CTV National News. Thank you for watching and see you tomorrow.